Welcome back for episode 25 of Self-Signed Artist. Today, we're talking about making a name for yourself as a producer or beat maker with Tom C. Bumps. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm here with my co-host, Jake Mannix. Hello, hello. Today, we're joined by a producer who's making a name for himself with his lo-fi beats. You may have heard of his music on streaming platforms where he's racked up millions and millions of plays, or you might have heard of his work on songs released by other various well-known artists. Welcome to the podcast, Tom C. Bumps. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to join. It's cool. It's one of my first uh, podcasts, so shout out you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thanks for being with us. Welcome. Yeah. So I first heard about Tom C. Bumps through Johnny Two Phones when they were going to college together in Oneana, and you guys did I think it. I think Code Red together. Oh man, that's an old song. That's a deep cut. That's, all, that's a deep cut. I remember. Um, yeah, cause he, me and him linked. We we met in a classroom, so random, and like I heard of him, he heard of me, type shit. So we linked up. He came to my room, and like that was the first thing we ever made together. Without really like getting to know each other, we just kind of jumped in and made something. So that's what came out of it. That's crazy. But yo, he's a cool dude. Yo, shout out Gabe. <laughs> and then, however long later. You started working with Soli. Yeah, that was like, I was still um, going to school upstate and I got invited to this this like old basement show that uh, this dude Abu Shadi hosted. Shout out Abu Shadi, yo, he's fire. But um, he hosted this basement show and he was like, yo, Tom, can you DJ for the night? And I was honestly like not with it. I was like, yo, I'm pretty tired. I got class tomorrow. You know, I didn't really want to, but he was like, Yo, I'll pay you like 20 bucks for the night. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. So I did that for the night and turned out like, so, like that's when I met Entreban. They came through, they were the headliner for that show. And like, we were just vibing, you know, they, their set was insane. Like being, being in school for music at the time, like I never seen anything like that. Like I've never seen any performance on campus like that. And I was like, yo, you guys are fire. Like we got to we got to work. So (laughs) after that show, that's kind of when I started working tight with like, you know, mostly Mac, Soli, Dio, all them. And then they introduced me to a whole world that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think around that same time is like when like our circles kind of like merged together. Mm -hmm. And then that was like two or three years ago. And like since then I've mixed a couple songs that you've produced and you've not let up off the gas pedal as far as songs and releases and collabs and everything. Your Spotify is going crazy. So it's just up from there. I want to talk to you about all the new work that you're doing now and everything. But before we even get to that, I want to talk a little bit about how you got your start making music. So we just kind of picked up from college, but you mentioned you were going to college for music. So how did you get into music in the first place and start making music on your own. Dude, it was it was this Casio keyboard 
you know, a, a Casio keyboard was like part of my childhood. Yo, it was just in my basement. I don't know if you, you guys are probably familiar with, you know, the brand Casio and their cheap little like hundred dollar keyboards that they made. For sure. Like back in the day <laughs> when I was young, I had one of those in my basement. I don't know where it came from. It was just there. And I just kind of gravitated towards that my whole childhood. And like with those kind of keyboards, you can like make make a whole kind of arrangement with it. You can make drum beats, you can make loops, and you can record up to like six tracks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, like really young, I would I would just mess around in there. And that kind of made like me realize like I want to dive deeper into this. So that's when like I did some research, found out about like, you know, DAWs and how you can do all this from a computer, plug in a keyboard, because that's kind of what taught me piano too, was just playing with like, you know, the Casio and from there i just kind of kept doing research how i can take it the step further how i can get better at producing and making beats and yeah this is like before i even started releasing music like i was just kind of messing around on my own time just for fun how did that transition over into releasing your own music and then eventually even to working with other artists as well was that just kind of a natural evolution where you started making more and more and just said okay this is i'm starting to feel good about this maybe i should put it out there Mm-hmm. Yeah, super natural. Just kind of, I wanted to share what I was doing, you know, just like anyone, if you're doing something, you want to share it. Instagram was a big thing for me when I first started. I didn't even know about like SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all that until like like a year later after Instagram. And I was just posting little clips of, of like beats on Instagram. And then I realized like, I want to start posting not just clips, like full songs. Like that's, Mm. that's when it started like I, I looked up like where I can do that and at the time it was like SoundCloud and I never even heard of SoundCloud I was just like oh this is a place where I can post my music like full songs cool did that and I didn't even realize like SoundCloud was like a growing platform for people like me just kind of putting music out there and then you know the beat community on SoundCloud just kind of blew up and I was just around for it like per, this dude Perpan, bro. Shout out Perpan, bro. Like he was an OG in the lo-fi community and I had like 500 followers on SoundCloud. He had a thousand. So I was like, yo, you make similar beats to me. I'm trying to work with this guy because his beats were fire. So I was like, I'm trying to work with him. He's fire. You know, he can kind of put me on a little bit. So that's what we did. We formed a little, you know, collab community between some beat makers, get the name out there, get to know people who are doing the same thing. And like to this day, I still talk to people who I was linking with in like 2014, Mm. 2015 through just SoundCloud. Yeah. SoundCloud was a huge hub for the beat community. Nice. And then more recently, you've also been working with other people, even outside of the beat community with rappers and things like that, making tracks for them. When you're releasing music under your own name or when you're making beats for other artists, are those two ways of working different for you in your mind? Like, do you approach things differently when it's for somebody else versus when it's for yourself or for a particular collaboration with like another beat maker? Yo, definitely, definitely. Especially like you said, uh, working with artists is way different for me than working. You know, if, if I know I'm just going to release a beat, it, it's a different workflow than making a beat and saying like, oh, I want this person on it or I want mm-hmm. features on it. It's it's a it's a weird different workflow because there's certain beats that I make that like yes yeah, someone can get on it but I just want to post the instrumental 
and I just I, I don't even want anyone on it but other other beats are more like oh like this could be a banger if someone got on it like you know so it's it's always a different process for for those type of things and it's definitely evolved like like now I feel like I have you know a good amount of people around me that I work with that I know like oh I can make a beat for this person or I can make a beat for this person and all their styles kind of vary for example like I've been working with Ivory for for a little bit now and like I know that if I'm making a beat and it sounds like that specific like little niche I'm gonna send it to her because like she can you know make put her little style on it but then like there's just a lot of people now that I've come close to working with so it's it's nice yeah, I've noticed a lot. Me and Jake were actually talking about this earlier. We, we noticed that you had a lot of collaborations with Ivory. And we were kind of just wondering, how how does that relationship break down? Is that more like you're creating a beat and sending it to Ivory? Or is it is, is it something different where there's an acapella or something that you're creating the beat to? Or how does that differ from other collaborations as well? Mm. It's different with Ivory because sometimes she'll come up with a whole song and and send it to me and then I'll kind of work around that, which, which like um the song, it's called Collide off of being Ivory's first EP called Sidereal Crumbs. The song Collide, that was like her song. Like she was like, yo, Tom, check this out. Played it on the ukulele and sang it. And I was like, yo, that's a, that's a good song. Like we should make that into a full song. I can make a beat around it. So that's when we took that song to the studio. She recorded that part first, like her song. And then we sat down and kind of made the whole structure of what it is now, which took a while. But but that's like one example of, of that type of process of working with an idea and then like post-production, making a beat around it and stuff. But the other workflow is kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm making a beat and I send it to someone and they put their ideas on it. And then it's kind of like building off of what I had already made from scratch rather than like someone coming to me with an idea. It's different. Some, sometimes I enjoy when someone comes to me with an idea because like I grew up off sampling, you know, like I, I look for stuff to sample and make a beat out of. So when someone comes to me with a song I, and, and I enjoy it, I like it. I'm like, oh, I can make something cool out of this, you know? For sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the things right there that you just mentioned about like somebody coming to you with an idea. I think for a lot of people, especially who are doing producing work, it can be a little bit of a tricky thing to build a career around just because it at least partially relies on some level of like inspiration coming to you. Exactly. And I mean, maybe some people would argue that like after a certain level of experience or something like that, you don't, you don't need to rely so heavily on inspiration or you can kind of create inspiration on the spot. It's a good point. But I mean, I think at least every musician would probably rather be inspired, I think, than, than not. So for you, what, what gets you the most inspired to make music? Is it that like connecting with people and taking ideas that they give to you and, and working with that? Or is it certain sounds that you just kind of come across in your day-to-day -day life or, I don't know, places or anything like that? Like, where do you find that inspiration most? I'd say it's like a mix of all those things. Like, just my day-to-day -day life kind of inspires me, you know, just going outside, seeing things happen around me. You know, that that's always cool. Nature inspires me. Being around mm -hmm. nature, like pretty views and stuff, that just inspires me. 
Like I, I'm looking at a view and I hear a whole, a whole sound from just like visual looking at stuff, you know, but then also like, yeah, my peers, people who make music around me, that's one of the biggest inspirations too. Like someone I know drops a song and I want to go listen to it, like hear what they're putting out. So I could be like, oh, this is cool. Like this is what they're doing. Even if it's nothing like what I do, you know, just hearing someone that I know put out some music and just hearing what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like they're, they're doing this. That's, that's always inspiring too. Cause then it makes me want to go and do my own thing. For sure. I mean, that's from the, the creative standpoint. Are there any things or any people who you would say inspire you from a business standpoint too? Like, are there any other artists or producers or anything like that, that you look up to and try and model your own business off of or anything like that? That's an interesting question. Yo, back then I had like a lot of like inspirations like that, like Dr. Dre. Like when I first started, I was like, yo, he's forming a whole empire. Like I want to do something like that. Like that's so cool. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I look up to, to producers and beat makers who have their own artist name mm. and and don't fall into this thing of like, oh, they're a producer, so they're going to be in the background. Like I look up to like Jay Dilla, New Jabez, Mad Lib, all these people who branded themselves as producers and, and, you know, they make music for artists, but then you go to their page and they can, you can check out their music like, cause they're, they're their own artist. That's something I always looked up to. I guess that works as like a business standpoint because then you separate having percents on someone else's song rather than like having your own music to drop and have people like, oh, he produces for him. Let me check out his music that he puts out. So it's like this, even like, you know, Kenny Beats, someone like Medicine, these these people who, who don't, they don't sing, they don't rap, they don't use their vocals at all, but they, they get people to get on their beats that they produce and then they post it as their own name. That's a, a whole thing I've always looked up to and I think it's so cool. Mm. I think that's a really interesting thing that's sort of unique to the producing part of the music industry because you've kind of got these two halves of what you're trying to actually accomplish. You're trying to get your own name out there, but you're also trying to elevate the artist that you're working with if you're working with an artist. So for you as a producer, particularly when you're working with other artists, which one do you think is more important? Do you think it's more important to be consistent in your sound where, for example, people are going to hear the song and say, that's a Tom C. Bumps track? Or do you think it's more important to be flexible and make something that sounds like the artist, even if it may not sound like you? Because you could look at it two different ways. You could look at it like... If you make something that the artist that sounds like the artist but not you, then you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot. But at the same time, if you make something that sounds like you but not like the artist, I mean, who knows? That 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 may shoot you in the foot too. So how do you how do you look at that balance? I think it's it's definitely both, but I, I tend to focus more on my my own music because like it's something that I can always fall back on and don't have to rely on like someone getting inspired or not getting inspired. It's all on me. You know, I work out of my house. I work in my room. So it's like when I want to make something, I, I just do it. I don't have to wait on anyone. I don't have to worry about like, you know, 
someone not feeling the beat if i'm feeling the beat it's cool it's it's mine you know it's my brand and my sound so i'm gonna sculpt it how i want but you know at the same time if i'm making a song f with someone or collabing with someone i want to put my best into it because it's like i know that their people are going to hear it and they're going to see my name on it so they're going to be like oh let me see who this guy is you know like both sides of it always collide with each other because it's like oh this guy makes music and beats under his own name. Let me see what artists he's produced for. And then people see like, oh, this guy produces for this artist. Let's see his music. So they always go back and forth. So you got to make sure that both sides of it are like valid and you like the sound of both of them. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to always focus on my music because, you know, it's my name. It's what I make and i'm like i like this i'm gonna put this out under my name as if i was you know an artist right i think that's a really good point too because i think there's something to be said for having that brand even when you're working with other artists because when you have a sound that is yours and is identifiable as you as an artist yourself that's something that's going to potentially attract artists to you like if if you have an artist coming to you to produce for a song for them or something, they're coming to you because they want that sound. You know what I mean? Like that's that's part of the reason that they're working with you in the first place. So I think that is a really good point. And it, it sort of goes both ways, but it's better to have a sound that's you and be able to depart from that when you need to depart from that than it is to just like, I don't know, kind of do whatever and try and reinvent yourself for each artist. Definitely. Oh, definitely. And it's a nice little vacation, like, you know, away from my typical style when I'm working with someone, because it's like refreshing not to make the same thing all the time. Like, I, ne I never want to consistently make one style. Like, that's why I like working with, you know, Soli Had, my boy Zach B right here, Ivory, Sad Boy Prolific, all these artists, you know, they're amazing to me. So it's like cool to be able to work with them. And they all have different styles. Mm. So it's like each is like refreshing to work with each one because it's like, what am I feeling today? You know, what what is going to come out of the mood that I'm feeling? And it's nice to have a circle around me of different genres and different styles. You know, not everyone has to be in the same lane. Like if I'm working with them, like you make R&B, cool. Like I love R&B music. Let's, let's make something. You make lo-fi rap music. Let's let's run it yo like that's what i do you know it's it's refreshing to you know juggle different genres and different moods because that's life yo like you're not gonna be feeling the same way every day for sure so i'm not gonna be making the same type of music every day you know absolutely yeah so 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 far we've talked about the musical style sort of things and and where that inspiration comes from but we are sort of like a, a business geared podcast towards musicians. So I do want to talk a little bit about your career from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. When you're working with all of these different people that you just kind of mentioned, like in all these different styles, how do those relationships really get started? Is it, is it, or is it more that the relationships come first and that leads to work as a producer? Or is it more that you're kind of getting your own music out there and trying to attract artists to you that maybe you haven't met yet. Like if somebody stumbles across one of your beats out there on whatever it is, Spotify or SoundCloud or, or wherever, and have them reach out to you to form a new relationship. Or do you even ever sell beats or anything like that? Like what's the main model for you as a business? It's really like music is always the common denominator, but 
the relationship always comes first before even starting to make music. Like usually how it goes is I meet someone through music. Like we both make music and we end up like, you know, liking each other's work. So we link up. But if we go to the studio and we're in the same room, it's like, I, I want to be comfortable. So it's like, before even starting a song, I got to, you know, get to know you, like trying to get food or something. You're trying to smoke. Do you smoke? Like, what's, what are you trying to do? You're trying to just hang out. Like, usually the relationship comes first, but it's always like based on music, you know? Like we, we usually meet because of something that has to do with music. Like that's usually how I meet everyone. Like even like you said, just posting beats on SoundCloud and people hearing them DMing me like, yo, can I use this? That's how I, that's how I met Ivory. She heard one of my beats on SoundCloud, DM'd me. And I was like, I looked at her music and I was like, oh, you're fire. Like I want to, I want to work more with you, but like, yeah, you can use that beat, but I want to send you more. So things like that. Mm. It's like, yeah, people find my stuff just randomly and hit me up. And it's like, oh, you, you you turned out to be like fire. And it just so happens that like you're in the same community as me. You know, that's how kind of the relationship starts. But then it becomes like, yo, like you're trying to just hang out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like we just end up vibing together. I feel like that's how all the best music comes out to be. So long story short, it's like, yeah, the, I meet someone because of music and then we become friends from it pretty much and then we make music together in the long run right and then more music comes out of that yeah yeah I, I think for our audience i imagine that one of the big challenges to being a producer or being an artist or just being in music in general is figuring out a way to get your music heard for a producer maybe it's getting heard by the right artists who would be a good collaborator or artists of course are worrying about finding an audience in the general public. So are all of these relationships just sort of, for you at least, happenstance kind of things where you you stumble across somebody's music and you feel the need to reach out or they stumble across your music and they feel the need to reach out where it's all super, super organic? Or are you are you kind of like doing this in any sort of systematic way where you're going out of your way to find certain artists or to get your music in front of certain types of people and things like that can you talk a little bit about that yeah 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 dude it's not it's not like systematic to me at all yo it's more just like organic like my mindset when i first started was like yo if i just put out good music and i'm just friendly to people and and people vibe with what i'm doing i'm cool with that like it's never like this systematic thing for me like like oh i have to i have to do this with promotion and this with that like i just see it as organic like yo i'm gonna put this out there if you like it then hell yeah, like stick around. I'm going to make more. And it's just always super organic, yo. Like if you just put out the good energy, like it'll, it'll be returned to you. I've never like sat down and really like honed in on like a, a strategy for, for reeling people in to listen to my music and stay around. Like it, that's always a hard question for me is like, how do you get these views? Like, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of, <laughs> friendly to people in the community if you if you hit me up i'm gonna answer you i'm gonna be like yo thank you like stick around i got a song dropping tomorrow like you know like let's talk about it whatever share it and people people do like just gotta be nice to people it's not that hard <laughs> but like i don't know there's also some like you know like some playlists who post my stuff who who shout out to them it's it's never just just me getting you know just me 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 like other people help me get to where I need to be. 
that's why if you're friendly to people, then you make these connections. Like, for example, um, I don't know if you ever heard of the page Chilled Cow, but mm -hmm. they're one of the biggest lo-fi beat making labels now. They weren't even a label. They were just a YouTube page. A lot of people probably know them for the live stream. But, dude, like, they hit me up, like, and posted my stuff way back in, like, 2015, 2016. And they just hit me up. They were a pretty small page at the time. And I was just like, yo, hell yeah. I like your page. You post my friends. You post people that I'm cool with. And you post good music. So, yeah, let's build a relationship. And then over time, they just kind of grew. You know, that's why it always pays off to just, like, be cool with people who you think are cool. Yeah, I, I liked what you said about, I mean, just being, <laughs> just being, like, a nice person. Like, of course... To be a musician, to be an artist, to be a producer, you have to have the skills in those things like making music, songwriting, producing. Obviously, that has to be sort of the center of everything. And if you don't have those things, it's, it doesn't really matter what else you do. It's not really going to like come to anything. But I, I do really like what you said about just being nice to people because I think that there are a lot of skills that are really, really important to making a career in music that are outside of music completely like definitely what are what are some of the things that you think are the most important skills for you i mean people skills is obviously going to be one of them just being nice to people being a good person but i mean for some people maybe that's going to be being a super hard worker where you're just creating a ton of content or it could be consistency in branding things like that mm -hmm. are there any things that you for yourself feel are like the most important skills outside of music yeah definitely definitely people skills because if you if you have trouble talking to people which i did when i first started and like it showed like i, I would have trouble responding to people and they wouldn't stick around and like then i really started trying to like engage with the people who were showing me love because like i realized like yo those are the people who are going to support you and who just like like what you're doing so like you got to show them that like yo thank you you know it's not like as a strategy to like get more viewers to be friendly to your audience like your audience is your whole support system you got to be like yo like it's a whole movement like thank you for supporting me like you know i'm going to keep you updated on what i'm doing give them content you know it's it's a two-way street if they support you you got to show love back for sure. Yeah. I think it's kind of a tricky thing sometimes because I don't know, even, even with stuff like this podcast, you know, where we're talking about ways to get your music out to more people, ways to connect with an audience where when you think about that stuff too much, if it's not kind of a natural skill to you, which I think for a lot of musicians, it's not, I know for me, like kind of like you said, talking to people, responding to people is tough. <laughs> it's something you kind of have to learn and get better at. But I think with a lot of these resources out there where we're talking about trying to connect with an audience and stuff like that, it can become, it, you can take that too far. It can go a little bit artificial where you're not doing it to connect with people, you're doing it to get followers or to get fans. That's not a genuine relationship in that sense anymore. Yeah, like you're copy and pasting like the same response to everyone. Like right. you got to look at what they said to you and like be like, yo, like, those were kind words like and and like look at what they say because that's like why you may, why are you posting music if you're not going to look at what they're saying you know like they're they're the people listening so you got to be like yo you said this like some people really go off you know like they'll dm some like paragraph like on how your art has like inspired them to start their own thing and then like something like that i'm always like yo like when i inspire people to make stuff 
of their own that's always the coolest thing to me because like yeah that's why i started because i saw other people doing it so it's like if i can give that off to other people like hell yeah that's like the ultimate goal like if you if you get inspired by me like send me what you make i want to hear it mm. i'm always like yo yeah send that but i remember one specific time i was with it was like 2017 i was with maybe not maybe like 2018 i was with Soli, and he was like on his phone i remember sitting next to him on his phone and he was like damn i gotta respond to all these dms like all these people blah blah, blah. We're, we're hitting him up for like a new song or something they dropped he was answering all of them like genuinely and like he was the first person i saw who was really like doing that and i was like i asked him i was like yo like do you like respond to everyone like you answer to all your fans who hit you up and he's like yeah like i really try to yo like he like broke it down to me on why and i was like yo that's that's like a good point and it just made me look at things differently pretty much all of what i said earlier about them being your whole support system you put out music they listen to it you know it's a two-way street it's kind of beautiful yeah because <laughs> ultimately it's about more than just music too like yeah. music is the kind of common ground between you and your followers and fans and stuff but it's ultimately about more than that mm -hmm. i think that's one thing that can really help set an artist apart for fans I mean, people take notice of that. Like, who is being a genuine person? Who who comes across as real and stuff like that? Like, would you say for you that's been kind of a, something that set you apart as an artist? I mean, especially because, like, I mean, you're mostly making beats in the sort of lo-fi genre, which has become a pretty popular and, I'd say, competitive space in the last few years if you if you want to look at it that way but you've still been successful so like what what are the things that you do to stand out whether that's through music or just in your overall brand well hold on it's not it's not competitive because it's it's more like collaborative than competitive in the lo-fi community like we we all most of the people who are kind of popping in like the lo-fi beat making community all like are in the same discord chat sending each other loops collabing with each other Cause that's always how it's been rather than competitive. Like it's always been more collaborative than competitive. Mm. And I think that's kind of a big reason why that genre has become so big because like you look at other genres and it's kind of competitive, you know, but lo-fi beat making, even, even lo-fi like vocal songs, like everyone kind of knows each other. You know, if you're making that kind of music, you know, people know you and you know them and it's a cool little community. But, um, I think I think the one thing that I do differently than these other lo-fi producers, not to say that like no one does this, but like I make other music too, other than just instrumental lo-fi music that, that gets in these playlists. You know, people play these lo-fi playlists and I realize like people aren't looking for artists in lo-fi playlists. They're just kind of hitting shuffle on the playlist, not even looking at who makes these songs. They're just shuffling through to study or something. And I recognized that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go over here for a little bit and I'm going to make different music with different people and tap into different lanes, you know, kind of like R&B, pop, lo-fi rap, straight up rap, trap music. Like I'll make anything in those different lanes because I know I can always come back and have that foot in, you know, the beat making community and have that support there while also doing other things. So it's like then those two kind of, little genres like collide with each other and then i have these two different types of fan bases where it's like oh when are you dropping your next beat tape compared to like yo 
you should work with this person. Like my friend does this. You should, you know, it's like these two different lanes that I'm kind of tapping into. And I think meshing them together was definitely difficult at first, but after, you know, showing people that this is really what I'm trying to do, it kind of resonated as like, yo, he, he can post beats, but he can also produce a whole record for someone and post it under his name. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do both. I'm really glad you brought that up because that's a really interesting thing to think about, actually. Just just considering how how your general audience is consuming music. Like, what's the purpose of the listening experience? You know what I mean? That's a really interesting point that you bring up about lo-fi beats and the playlists of lo-fi beats is that, yeah, you're right. In a lot of cases, even the way that those playlists are marketed, it's like study beats and things like that. Like it's it's kind of marketed as a a background sort of thing. And then to take that and translate it over to other genres is is a really interesting thing to think about. And I think that's something that a lot of artists don't really consider is who their audience is, what the purpose of the audience tuning into their music is. And that's a big part of connecting with your audience is just trying to understand where they're coming from and you know why they're listening to you in the first place. And I also think it's really interesting that you mentioned about all of these other genres and sort of the lo-fi genre kind of melding into the other genres. Where do you think that will kind of go in the future? And where do you see your career going in the future? It's a good question. Thinking about the future is weird to me because yeah. <laughs> I just never know. When I thought about the future like three, four years ago, like it's like, I don't know. I'm kind of chilling now. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just going to keep doing my instincts every day. It's kind of what I've been doing and it works. Mm. You know, I take it day by day. Definitely just going to keep releasing music under my name in the future, you know, producing for people. I'm sure I'm going to meet people, you know, a year from now that I don't know right now that will probably like, you know, could change my life. Like I've met those people these past like two, three years that, you know, four or five years ago, I'd be like, yo, what if I like, I don't, it's just unpredictable. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. It's unpredictable. And I try not to predict it. I try to just kind of feel it out and feel what's right. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I I just kind of take it day by day. If I make something cool, I, you know, shop it around to people. I'm like, yo, you want to hop on this? Blah, blah, blah. Could be the song that changes my life, you know? Just kind of feeling it out, vibing, keeping it organic. But yo, back to what you said about the playlist kind of being branded as like background music. Like that's what I saw happening, yo. Just kind of being branded as like background music. People don't really look at the names like they used to on SoundCloud. I was like, yo, I don't make, I'm not trying to make background music. You know, I want to make music that you're engaged, you're listening to and you're like, oh, that was sick. Like rewind it. How did he do that? Like, you know, I'm not just trying to make music that you just put on in the background. And that's kind of what I saw happening. So I changed it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's exactly what anybody has to do in a music career. Like you said, it's impossible. It's really impossible to predict. That's something that I always like to ask people about just because, especially in the music industry, I think there's no right answer. Nobody is going to be right now is kind of an interesting time in the producer sort of world too, because if you look back through history, I mean, there are some notable exceptions of producers who have come into kind of the public eye and weren't really like behind the scenes. But I think more so recently, that's become more and more of a thing where 
the producer role is less of like a they're like a service to the artist. The producer role is more of like a collaborative artist themselves. So I think that's really exciting. So that's something that I see happening that I could see continuing. So that's kind of just a good way to look at it. Like you just have to take the different parts of the industry as they come, as they develop and adapt to it. Find a way to fit yourself into that and and to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to start wrapping things up, On this podcast, we like to try and kind of smash or debunk some misconceptions that our listeners as artists themselves and as producers themselves that they might have about the music business. Is there one like major misconception that you can think of that our audience trying to build a career in music might fall into that we can smash? Hmm. Yo, producers get sleep. All right. People say that producers don't get any sleep. Other producers are like, we don't get any sleep and it makes me better. Like, yo, I get sleep. I get my hours. I just, I, you know, I go to sleep at two, but then I get my eight hours. You know what I mean? And I wake up and I'm doing the same thing. So a lot of people say they don't get sleep. You should always get sleep. Yo, don't, don't fall into that misconception. You should, you should get your hours. Even if you're going to sleep at 2am, 3am, sleep in. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Like for all areas of the music industry, That's the first one that came to my mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. But I think that is a common misconception that you have to be working all the time in order to be successful. And that sleep gets in the way of that. I've, I've fallen into that working as an engineer. It was the same kind of thing. Like you feel like you have to be doing that all the time or you're missing out on opportunities but if you're if you're doing that, you could be shooting yourself in the foot. I don't know about you, Jake. Like, how is that something that resonates with you at all? Jake, you getting your hours, bro? Oh, dude. Kobe has known me for the last however long, <laughs> but he's seen me get my sleep schedule on track over the course of the last sure. oh, that's few good. months. Yeah, and it has improved my life immensely. Immensely. <laughs> not 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 just my sleep schedule, but the hours. The hours. The schedule don't matter, yo. You, you got to work on yeah, your own time. Yeah. As long yeah. as you're getting the hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, the misconception, I think, is that if you sleep less, that you'll be more productive. You'll be able to do more things. But I think it's actually more like the opposite. Like if you get your sleep, then you're more productive in the time that you're awake. So yeah, I'm, that's actually a good one that I haven't really heard anybody talk about relating back to music. So I'm glad you said that. Oh, yeah. All right. So I want to make sure that people are able to go out there and find you, find your work. Where can people go to find you on either social media or what type of platforms are you and your music on? Um, My music is on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, under the same name. It goes by Tom C. Bumps, it's, but it's a Z at the end and it's all one word. So it's T-O-M-C. B-U-M-P-Z. A lot of people put the S, but it's not an S, it's a Z. <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am today if I put an S, I'm telling you. But yeah, social media, all that, Tom C. Bumps. Just type that in on Google and then click a few links, you'll find me. Awesome. I mean, you're constantly putting out new music and things like that. Is, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with or anything that you have coming up they should keep an eye out for or anything like that? I got a beat tape that's finished coming out in January with uh, with Chilled Cow exclusive release that's coming in January. So once the snow hits, you'll be able to listen to that. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, well, Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today 
and help our listeners see things for more of a, a production end of things. That's something we haven't talked too, too much about on this show before. And I know we have a decent amount of listeners who are looking to make careers as producers and that they're going to be able to take a lot away from our conversation today. So everybody go check out Tom C. Bumps wherever you listen to music. Check out the the socials and make sure you come back and, and look in January for the new beat tape. And if you guys like this episode, especially if you're a new listener, go ahead and leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts today. Right now. I'll do it right now. <laughs> That's right. And then, like always, thank you for listening. And thanks again, Tom, for being with us. Yup, yo, thank you for having me. If you're listening, thank you for listening to this. Of course. And that's all we have for you this week. We'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace.